Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If, in fact, we are hated, persecuted, and resisted by the world, then the question would follow, then then why are we here? I mean, what is our relationship to be like in regard to the world? I mean, Lord, if, if we're going to be hated and persecuted and beat up and not liked by the world, then why not get saved and then go straight to heaven? Because God could do that. You could get saved and God could say, okay, now you're coming right to heaven. So you would know who are non-believers on the earth because there would only be non-believers on the earth. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what's our relationship to be like? Why then has the Lord left us here? Well, I think it's as simple as this. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, to whom much is given, much is required. And so with blessings come, listen, responsibility. With blessings come responsibility. You see, God saved us, and we are still here, not just to sit, soak, and sour. We're not saved to do nothing and wait on our trip ticket to heaven. We are saved because God wants us to make a difference in the world. God wants you and God wants me to be a positive influence in the world. And so Jesus tells his disciples here in Matthew chapter 5, he says to his disciples, he says, you are salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. That's what we're going to talk about, those two very simple points, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Look at that. But if the salt loses its savor, where it says you, you can put your name there. Rodney, you. Stephanie, you. David, you. Are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, then how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Before we get into our study, some time ago I found an article by Paul Harvey. Many of you know who Paul Harvey is, and he tells of an ad that he that had appeared in a paper in a Wisconsin newspaper that he read. 
And the ad said this, for sale, parachute once used, never opened. Call 555-9923. Now think about it for a minute. A parachute once used but never opened. Apparently, the parachute's previous owner made a huge impact on the world. You'll get that on the way home, all right? And so you know the story. Jesus is up on a mountain in the area of the Galilee. And his disciples, they come to him. Now, keep in mind, the disciples, they're kind of a ragtag, motley group. I mean, when we think of the disciples, sometimes we think they're like, holy men, apostles. Like when you go to Duke University and and you see all the stained glass in Duke and, you know, all the apostles are around and Mary. And you kind of get the impression that the apostles and Mary... And all the people in the Bible are like holy people. They all glow. And they have like halos on their heads. And, and when you read the Bible, that these guys were just like us. Everyday people just like us. The disciples were ragtag, rough-talking, unlearned men of Galilee. Regular guys who came to Jesus And Jesus turns to them and he says, I want you to make a huge impact on the world. He says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And I'm sure the disciples being who they are was probably looking around going, who, 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 Lord, me? I'm the salt of the earth. I mean, are you sure there's no other people here? I mean, me? And the Lord says, yes, you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. They're probably thinking, Lord, I mean, why not in Athens? Athens where the philosophers live. Surely they're the light of the world. Or what about in Rome where the mighty men live? Or Corinth where the rich and the famous live? Or there in Jerusalem, the religious capital? Aren't all these places the light of the world, Lord? And Jesus says, no. No. You are are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth. Now, in the Greek language, in the original text, it reads this. You and you alone are the salt of the earth. Notice it doesn't say, and Jesus doesn't say, I sure hope you will be the salt of the earth. Jesus isn't saying, this is what I want you to work hard to become. Or what you ought to be. Or even what you will one day become. He says this is what you are right now. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now to the disciples this is shocking. These are shocking words coming from the mouth of Jesus. You see, in our day, salt doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, salt is, you know, Morton salt. We all have it in our cabinets. There you go. I was, where is that word? Oh, cabinets. There you go. We all have it in our cupboards. Do they still call them cupboards? Oh, whatever. We still all have salt in our homes. But in those days, 
Salt was very important in Jesus' day. As a matter of fact, salt was a very valuable commodity, probably the most important element in the culture. And even in some cultures, it was more valuable than gold. The Greeks called it salt. They called theon, which means divine. Roman soldiers were sometimes paid with salt. The word salary means salt money. And thus the phrase, a person is not worth their salt. It refers to a person not worth their wages. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5. Look that up in your own time. When God made a covenant with David, he called it a covenant of salt. In other words, God keeps his promises forever, just like salt. Interesting. Now, what purpose does salt have? Several. First thing comes to mind when you think of salt is what? Flavoring. Seasoning. Taste. Salt adds taste. And without it, your food would be pretty bland. A couple of months ago, I called a local Chinese restaurant because I love Chinese food. And I placed my order and I said, no MSG because Elvira doesn't like salt. No MSG. And so there was a pause and the Chinese lady, she said, no MSG? No taste very good. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, that's right. Salt adds taste, and without it, no taste very good. <laughs> and isn't it true of Christians? Without Christians being salt of the earth, life, no taste very good. Life would be bland and insipid. Without salt, without Christians being the salt of the earth, Christians adding flavor and zest and zeal to life. You know, people, I've heard people say, Christians are so boring. I mean, we all heard that. People say, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because I'll wait till I get really old because Christians are boring. I'm like, I don't know what Christians you met. I, I don't know. I know. My life as a Christian is more exciting than it was when I was a non-Christian. It really is. And it's even better because now I wake up in the morning. I still have my wallet. I know where it is. <laughs> Amen. I know y'all in church, but that's all right. You still got your money. You know how much you spent last night. You see, my life as a Christian is more exciting than it was as a non-believer. We as Christians should add zest, flavor, taste to life. Job chapter 6, verse 6. It was Job who said, Can flavorless food be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? No. You need salt. You know, you can go to any restaurant today and a lot of these restaurants now, they have different kind of omelets. And, and I was looking at this on the menu the other day. It says, one says whites only. And it's talking about, you know, yolks. And they say that they, they leave out the yolk because one study had said that yolks were bad for you and bad for your cholesterol. And then just give it a little bit of time. There's another study that says, oh, no, forget about the previous study. Yolks are fine. 
Eat all the yolks you want. It's not bad for you. As a matter of fact, it's good for you. I don't know about you, but I am very confused with the whole diet industry. One minute is all, eat all protein. The next is eat all carbs. The next is eat all fat. The next is leave it. A, you know, who can know what to do? One day you're fat. The next day you're skinny. The next day you're fat. You know, who can know? So I just decided to write my own diet. It's called Pastor Rodney's All-Purpose Diet. Just eat. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Good grief. I think I'm just going to eat. Stuff it in, man. Shove it down. It's got to be. That's a new diet for you. I bet y'all sell a billion copies. Because most people feel the same way I do. Y'all just won't say it. I will. Salt. Salt adds taste. You know, the Bible says, let your words be seasoned with salt. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. That means outside the faith. Let your speech always be with grace. Notice, season with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. In other words, the way you witness and the way you talk to unbelievers is just as important as what you say. It's so true. You know, you, you can't just blow them away. You can't just talk to them any way. Well, I'm just, I just speak my mind. I just tell people what, what I think. I'm giving you a piece of my mind. People say, I'm like, don't give away too many pieces. You don't have much left. <laughs> well, I just give them a piece of my mind. I'm just going to tell them what I, I come right out and say it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You repent, you sinner, repent, you brood of vipers. You're all going to burn in hell. It's like, what? And you wonder why they run away from you. Because you're weird, man. You are just weird. And, and why? 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 Why do they do that? Because their words are not seasoned with salt. I don't believe that we should water down the gospel either because a watered-down gospel is an anemic gospel, which has no power. I don't think we should water down the gospel, but I really believe that we need to speak the truth in love. You want to be firm, I like to call it sweetly firm. You want to be firm, speak the truth in love. See, oftentimes we want to speak the truth. Don't forget, speak the truth in love. You see, let your words be seasoned with salt. So very important. What else does salt do? Not only does it add flavor, but also, if you're taking notes, salt is used as a preservative. You see, before the days of refrigeration, people would pack meat in salt to preserve it. And as long as the salt permeated the meat, that meat would last indefinitely. So salt is used to preserve. And if you didn't pack that meat and salt, it would grow bacteria and it would become bad. And in the same way, we as Christians ought to be preservers. Or we could go so far as to say savers of the earth because we represent the Savior of the earth. Amen? And that's what we're supposed to be doing. See, our job is to be on the meat, if you will, not in the salt shaker. 
salt in the salt shaker. Salt in the salt shaker is no good. Just in the salt shaker. You're salt, you're, you're a Christian in the world, and you're not getting on the meat, which is the world, and preserving. That's no good. It's no help. But you need to get out of the salt shaker and get involved in the world and preserve the world. See, that's why all the Christians can't go work in the church. Everybody can't be on staff. Oh, how many people, I want to be on staff at the church. And not just here, everywhere. I mean, I want to be on staff at the church. I want to go work in the church, work in the house of God. Be a full-time servant of the Lord. Look, if you can't be a full-time servant of the Lord working at IBM, you can't be a full-time servant of the Lord at church. Because being a full-time servant of the Lord just simply means I'm a Christian. And I'm just serving God and I'm preserving and doing what God has called me to do. So if everybody goes to work at the church, if everybody goes on staff at the church, or everybody retreats to the hills and then become getting a monastery and a commune for Jesus, well, then who will be preservers? Who will make a difference? Who will tell people at work about Jesus? Who will tell people at school about Jesus? Who will run into that person at the supermarket and say, hey, how you doing? Well, you know, I'm not, not doing well. Well, hey, let me tell you about someone who can help you do well. His name is Jesus. Would you like to know him? Yeah. Well, come on, let's step over here by the fruit. Let's, let's give our life. Let's give your life to Christ right over here by the fruit. Then I'm going to tell you about the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, just look for creative ways to share the gospel. I'm always looking for creative ways to just share my faith any way I can. Anyway, at the gym, I'm on the treadmill. Guy looks over, man, I don't know why I do this. He's running, sweating hard, breathing hard. He looks over at me. I don't know why I do this. It's so much punishment and no pain, no gain, he said. I said, yeah, that's true. I'm running too. I'm sweating. I said, yeah, you're right. No pain, no gain. Do you know that Jesus died and had pain? (laughs) Do you know that he gained salvation for us? The guy was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay, he pushed stop and just kind of walked away. <laughs> Come back here, you brood of vibrant. No, just kidding. <laughs> you just got, I don't know, just, just be creative. But we, why? Because we're to preserve. We're called to be preservers. What else does salt do? If you're taking notes, thirdly, salt produces thirst. Salt produces thirst. I mean, think about it. In your BC days, before Christ, you go to a nightclub, you know, I don't go to them, but I know what they do in them. And, 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 what, and what happens? What do they do? They put out those baskets with, with pretzels and peanuts and, and tricks mix, or what do they call that stuff? Mixy stuff. It's God's salt. My brain's it's third service. Y'all pray for me. And, uh, <laughs> but it's got stuff to make the salt, peanuts and stuff that make you thirsty. They don't care if you're hungry. They're not putting those out because they're trying to give you a snack. They don't care about you having a snack. They want you to eat these things and keep eating them. And you notice you finish a bowl, what do they do? Put another one in front of you. You finish that one, they put another one in front of you. Why? Because they want you to get thirsty because salt produces thirst. 
And so they want you to buy more drinks. Basically, salt also heats things up. Got a bowl, got a pot of water. What do you do? Put a little salt in it because the salt causes the water temperature to heat up and causes the water to boil quickly or faster. So salt heats things up. Salt also penetrates. Now, if you're from up north, you're probably thinking, amen, brother. Now you're preaching, man. Salt penetrates your vehicle. You can always tell when someone is from, if you're up north, you know what I'm saying. You can always tell when someone is here down south from, you know, the people who live in, you know, D.C., Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York City, upstate New York. Why? Because all their cars are rusted out. Why? Because the weather and what happens when the snow comes, what do they put out on the roads? Salt. Which does what? It melts the ice. So salt penetrates. Christian, we are to penetrate the kingdom of darkness. We are to penetrate Satan's kingdom penetrate the world and make a difference for Christ by preaching the gospel. That's what we're called to do, to penetrate the hearts of people. Salt also is used as an antiseptic to clean impurities and bring healing. When you would pull your kid's tooth or you had a sore throat, what would your parents give you? A cup of warm water and salt. And they say, here's a salt gargle for you because it brings about healing. And so it is true. God wants to use you and that person's life to bring cleansing and to bring healing. The church should be a spiritual hospital for healing and for the wounded. And then salt, last but certainly not least, salt is used to keep you healthy. Do you realize there is a certain salt level that you have to maintain in your body? And if you don't, you could die. So salt is used for various reasons. So Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You and you alone are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its saltiness, then what good is it? It's good for nothing. That's what it's good for. It's good for nothing. You see, so we look at society, we look at the world, and we go, oh, how sick the world is. You know, just recently in the newspaper, horrible things have just come to light in the last, I don't know if you've watched the news this week, but it's, it's terrible. Some of the things that we're reading about, the woman who hit the guy's car, I mean, hit the guy and, and, and just left him for dead. These are horrible things, and we look at society and we say society is sick. The world is sick. Well, the world is sick. But listen, if the salt loses its saltiness, then can we wonder why the world is sick? You know, oftentimes we see the sick world and we start to indict the world. Or we indict our society or we blame the politicians. You know, I think we need to look at ourselves first as a church. Have we lost our saltiness? Have we? It was John Stott who made this interesting observation. He said, In my country, Great Britain, there is a growing dishonesty, corruption, immorality, violence, pornography, and a diminishing respect for life and the increase in abortion. Whose fault is it? 
Well, let me put it like this. If the house is dark at night, there's no sense in blaming the house. That's what happens when the sun goes down. The question to ask is, where is the light? If meat goes bad, there's no sense in blaming the meat. That's what happens when bacteria are allowed to breed unchecked. The question to ask is, where's the salt? And if society becomes corrupt like a dark night or a stinky meat, there's no sense in blaming society. That's what happens when fallen human society is left to itself and human evil is unrestrained and unchecked. The question to ask is, where's the church? How true. Where's the church? Jesus said, if the salt loses its saltiness, you will be good for nothing. What does that mean? That simply means that you'll lose your witness. You'll lose your purpose as a believer in the world. God wants believers to affect the world. We're not here to join the contamination. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.